get it. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into why I never had you on. <laughs> yeah, because you you never had Miss Mary on. No, no? and I and I, I kind of briefly told you why. Are we already getting into we're, that? Or we're what? getting into. We're here okay. today. Okay. Why didn't you okay. ever have me on? I feel hurt. Okay, so I wanted to have you on at a moment that it mattered because then I knew that we would get more listeners and your message would get out there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was gonna matter uh, during your last election, but. Your opponent was not an opponent that people were taking very seriously, mm-hmm. right? And so you ended up beating him like a drum. And, and and I didn't see a reason to, like, make a thing out of it. You know what I mean? And I really wished we could have, right? Um, so that's why you never made it on at that time. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of stuck with my education vibe, and, and that's where it went. Well, that's great because I'm glad I never had a formidable opponent. <laughs> <laughs> I do you remember the opponent, Steve? I do remember the no, opponent. No, don't say his name again. I won't, shine. but I do remember the opponent. <laughs> and so was there an actual strategy for that race? Was it just like, just be you? We're not going to spend a lot of money. I, no, I just, <laughs> I, just uh, I was just me. So the only thing that we did was send out some mail. We didn't even have any yard signs, and people were calling me, hey, how come you don't have any yard signs out there? You're going to lose if you don't have yard signs. <laughs> well, that ended up being a false statement fake news yeah. <laughs> what what we're doing right now is we're talking to the first latino mayor of chula vista latina latina mayor of chula vista say now a Latinx. daughter a mother a grandmother a former california assembly member and the first latina mayor uh-huh. of chula vista miss mary salas bienvenida to emo brown the saddest mexican i'm here also with the good buddy cesar fernandez of of the Educated Guest Podcast, your host, Zar F, on them Twitters. Get at me, dog. You know what? And I forgot to mention, also, my neighbor added to the accolades to Ms. Mary Salas. That's, That's right. right. I just lived down the street. I remember the first time I came across, well, we crossed paths. It was in 2014. It was prior to you actually being our mayor of Chula Vista. You were knocking on doors, walking around, introducing yourselves. I was outside with my boys who were way younger back then. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you came up, we shook hands. You told me what your vision is, what your plan is. I told you, hey, I just moved back to the West Side as well. I feel it's a better side for me to raise my family on. Seems to be a little bit more family-oriented, more community-based. You agreed, and it's been happy ever since. Of course, because my focus was on developing downtown Third Avenue, and that, and that's actually why I bought my house where I did. Uh, let's see, now it's going on sixteen years. Yeah, that I bought that house. It's amazing how time flies. But sixteen 16. years ago, when I bought that house, um, I was on the city council as a council member, and I always envisioned that downtown would really transform into really the cultural hub of. Uh, Chula Vista, and it has. Yeah, I mean, it's it, every day. It's getting more and more exciting down here on Third Avenue. It's definitely on the right track. Yep. It, it feels it feels so natural to have it on the west side too, right? Because obviously there is a very big city to the east that is part of Chula Vista. There's a lot of people over there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they'd love for there to be a hub over there too, but. Third Avenue is just one of the more historical, storied sides of Chula Vista. Right. And, you know, um, the east side is beautiful, too. And people that live there really enjoy their neighborhoods. And the way that they were master planned is they do get the opportunity to have community hubs there. Mm -hmm. And um, the beauty of master planning 
an, a brand new east side, which we were able to do, is that we were able to plan for walkability, a lot of bike paths, a lot of hiking areas, big, beautiful parks. We're here on the west side. Um, the city was laid out, you know, a hundred and almost uh, 20 years ago. It was laid out in a grid system. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just old time planning back then. So we have the grid streets and back then people weren't thinking about parks. So one of the things that, that we are deficient on the west side is, you know, those parks that people can go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nonetheless, we have a very walkable community and, and that's why I love it down here. Have you found it to be difficult to create like a sense of community between the east side and the west side since it's I mean, it's pretty vastly oh, different you're just diving right in well, I'm yeah. just curious since we were touching <laughs> about the you know <laughs> for sure no it, it is because you know um uh there are people that that um that really forget about the west side if they live on the east side they they don't come down here now now that you've got three punks and you've got a lot of new establishments those are drawing people from the from the east side to the west but they are two really separate kind of communities. There's different uh, economic de- demographics. Um, there's uh, different types, of, you know, and it's changing here on the west side. I always tease um, Caesar because I know him so well about all the hipsters that are moving here. We call and, them chipsters, Chicano <laughs> hipsters. <laughs> oh, is that what you call them? Okay, mm-hmm. chipsters. I'll have to add that to the Latin X kind of vocabulary. <laughs> Since I'm a boomer, I it takes me a, <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> it, takes, it takes me a while to catch on to the this, terminology. This Latinx terminology that's pretty new to me too. That kind of caught me off guard. Is yeah, the Latinx. Yeah, thing. there was there was actually like this big struggle uh, in Mecha to change the name because the CH in Mecha is Chicano, right? Mm-hmm. And so people were saying, well, that's not very inclusive of anybody else. What about everybody else who's Latinx? And you know what? Between people that are my age, you know, 45 plus, you know, lower than 50, uh, we just don't latch on to the Latinx uh, label. We oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one. I thought that Chicanos I was the only one. the majority of us. <laughs> I thought I was the only Gizette that <laughs> they couldn't relate. <laughs> well, as a fresh 40-year-old, I can agree. Like, yeah, man, the Latinx thing kind of caught me off guard. Don't uh-huh. know if it's, like, something I need to latch on to and actually, you know, hug and, and embrace, but... Whatever. Uh, I'll make a a prediction. Go ahead. I think it'll be gone in 10 years. Yeah. A lot of things will probably be gone. Everything's cyclical. Yeah, including humanity. The way (laughs) things are going with Trump. That's right. We're about to do the World War III, everybody. You ready? Yeah. Get this episode in. Listen to it before we go to war. Back to the the development of Chula Vista on the West Side. You know, something that Steve and I were talking about uh, on our last podcast was the fact that this area that you guys live in used to look very different. I think. I think you used the word crack dens or something well, like this. Well, truth be told, when we the house that I live in currently, I purchased it in 2000. Uh, it was March 2000, family property, and it was completely different. It mm-hmm. was this house, um, and completely across the street where your mom lives, I told you, on that corner property, those nice developments weren't there before. It was... It was, well, it was legit- really bad. It was legitimately a crack house. Mm-hmm. Like people would be running in and running out and, <laughs> and hype like at two and three in the morning. I'm like, what is going on with these people? There's still a little bit of that element in the neighborhood. You know what? And that's what but- makes it fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes it exciting on the west side. The, the element is, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. On the east side, that's that, that element is there as well. Well, let me tell you, the apartment building across the street from the mayor here is lit sometimes at night. Always. <laughs> it's always lit, man. 
<laughs> uh, no, no. You know, that's just recent because we just recently got those neighbors across the way. And literally at 3.30 in the morning, and it was on a weekday, these guys were partying like crazy. 3.30. 3.30 in the morning, that's because you had closed, so I had Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we pushed them all out. Right, thanks. So you are a native Chula Vista. Yes, I was born here. And your family has a ton of history here. Yeah, my grandparents moved here in 1818. Wow. From Yahualica, Mexico. How'd they get here? Do you know where that is? Yeah. Mr. Caesar, I, I do, you do know? not know where that is. Uh, Drop knowledge on him, please, Ms. Yeah, Mary. so uh, Yawalika, Jalisco, it's it's about um, two hours northeast of of Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. It's in the highlands. They oh. call it Los Altos de Jalisco, okay. and it's beautiful there. The terrain, the, the scenery, it's just really beautiful. Is and it I like did, jungle? Is it lush no, green? No, no, no. It's bro. not jungle. It's, <clears throat> it's, it's, um, it's not tropical. So you get down to the lowlands, it's tro- tropical, but in the highlands, it's not. It's just beautiful and lush up there. Mm. Rains a lot during the. And summertime. everyone migrated to Chula Vista. Everybody did because there was a war going on. It was the revolution, and there was a lot of famine and destruction and dis- disruption in Mexico at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that was a, a period of history that there was mass mass migration to the United States. A little bit different than yeah. current migrations coming into the US. Right. Uh-huh. But you know, you've had you had cycles of migration. Yep. So you had the you know, the early teens and then you had the thirties and then yeah. Are there any stories of the, the difficulties, the struggles settling down here? Oh yeah. You mean of my grandparents? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um they well, the struggle to get to the United States uh, was tough because they had to go from the the route that they took was what many took. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it by foot, by train, by horse. You know, passed through Juarez, Mexico. Then my grandfather made a stop in uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. and he worked in the in the copper mines for a while, and that was really hard work. And then um, then he came here to Chula Vista, and they settled where all the Mexicans used to live. They used to live in two little pockets in Chula Vista. Third Avenue. No. <laughs> Actually, that was... Underneath the brewery. No, because, no, you know, at that time, this was a shishi part of town. Oh, yeah. how the times... So if you, look at, if you look at some of the orchard houses around here, I mean, that's where the gentrified uh, people that were that moved from the East Coast came to, to uh, you know, have their orchards. Yeah. So anyway, that's where they lived. And then uh, the Mexicans lived in this neighborhood that they used to call Las Salinas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Las Salinas was a neighborhood by the salt works. Okay. Really? So that's where they used to live. You said there was two pockets. Were they, and, were they both then, over there? No. Okay. No. So uh, there was Las Salinas. And then, you know, the, the other group of uh, Mexicans were in the Otay area. So there were, they were like segregated into those two sections way back in the day. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. They used to have uh, CCNRs here in Chula Vista, actually. Okay. So that means that uh, they had yes. y- covenants. Kiss, kiss, say CCNR. <laughs> okay. Covenants, something, and restrictions. So what, what it was is that in only your white deed, people could buy homes. Only in, mm. in your deeds, only white people could buy homes. Mm-hmm. And also, um, Jews couldn't buy in the homes here either. And that wasn't just isolated to Chula Vista. That was the norm in all of San Diego. 
So there were neighborhoods that were actually in your, your deed that you were restricted as to who could buy. To whom you could sell, sell your property to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good old Chula Vista Pieces back in the Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Otay and off of Palomar were the only places by the salt mines. By the yeah, Swiss by Park the, would be the only places uh-huh. we could buy and live. Yeah. Holy well, God. actually, people, I don't know if they, well, they must have been able to buy because um, they're, in the, uh, there was a hacienda there. It was called the Arguello Hacienda. And it was this big old adobe complex. And, uh, this is before the five came through. So what would happen is there must have been some, some dueño that owned that, right? Because that's where my grandparents first came and they rented like one of those little rooms in the hacienda. And there's even pictures of it. And, uh, so they, they rented those rooms and then, um, you know, my grandfather got his job and his chamba and saved up enough money. And so he was able to buy a piece of property there uh, in that area. And it was quite a big piece of property. So, you know, he had a, he had cows and all kinds of stuff back in the day. But what happened was then um, the I-5 came through in the uh, late 40s, early 50s, and they bought my grandfather's property out so he they moved uh to delmar street in chula vista but uh that's what happened that one was of my favorite streets in all of chula vista oh yeah delmar delmar yeah. between uh, i and j yes think. the 600 block and that's where they lived and oh, actually shit. my cousin my cousin georgie uh-huh. um still lives in my grandparents house so um when my grandmother died um her son Joseph Casillas moved into it, and then when he died, then Georgie moved into it. So it's 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 still in the family. Your uncle Joe just passed away recently, no? Uh, or am no, I thinking of a different? Yeah. Joe? Okay. So my grandmother. Okay, she, it was a big family. They were all named Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them were. Okay. So the one, the Joseph Casillas Elementary School, is uh-huh. named after my uncle Joe. He was the first Casillas brother. Uh-huh. And uh, the reason it was named after him is like he was this big time World War II hero. So he was this little private in the army and he was in the Battle of the Bulge and he performed some heroic act, uh, was uh, almost mortally wounded, um, saved his company, uh, got a silver star, Purple Hearts, and he was actually captured for a, a while behind German german lines at uh at the time so that's the first one that's joe just plain joseph casillas okay then my other dear uncle who is still living and i still love him to death Mm -hmm. is joe david casillas okay so his name is joe david casillas okay the other one was joseph so they get confused all the time so when when the school was opened and named after Joseph Casillas, mm-hmm. people were coming to me. Oh my God! We didn't realize your uncle Joe died. No, no, no. That's a different <laughs> uncle Joe. <laughs> That's why I said he must Leave have it passed to recently. My I remember seeing the guy at the, <laughs> right. the barber shop. So, so you fast forward from a time when we weren't even allowed to live in certain areas, purchase in mm-hmm. certain areas, to having schools named after family members and now mm-hmm. you being the first latina mayor right. in chula vista it's i mean really an honor it's a crazy it's, timeline of events that led to this yeah and it's, it's in really a short crazy. period of time i mean when you think of the timeline when you think about it yes because um you know i was born in chula vista in 1948 do the math guys okay <laughs> <laughs> <Got it. laughs> so i'm one of the first of the boomers um but anyway um uh 
when I was born here, I, I, I was born in this little neighborhood called Harborside. So Harborside is one of the most modest neighborhoods in Chula Vista. But when I was born there at the time, all that area, that was just one little neighborhood, and it was surrounded by fields, agriculture. So, uh, you know, our house was on Colorado Avenue, and it, it was right by the trolley tracks, which used to be just freight trains, and the freight trains were running, you know, like day and night yep. at the time. So, you know, uh, when I was a kid, and the freight trains would drive by, um, the telephone was in our kitchen, and my dad kept it there because he wanted to hear all our conversations because <laughs> we're three teenage girls. <laughs> so anyway, so the train would pass by, and the house would shake. It literally, literally shake, and the train would blow its horn. And, and a couple of times, my friends on the other side line would say, what's that? And I was too embarrassed to tell him. Oh, that's just oh, a train. Oh, that's just a train. <laughs> uh, you know, about 50 feet from my front door. <laughs> Do you have a train in your yard? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I was born on the, I think I was born on the right side of the tracks. Right? I would say so for sure. Okay, because I was, um, so I was born east of the five. Okay, so I guess that's the right side of the tracks, right? Literally. But then I was, I was born west of Broadway, so... You know, that's pretty far west. Your first, uh, your first, first time kiss. <laughs> your first Caesar time so personal, brother. <laughs> your first time running was for what office? Okay, my first time I ever ran for city council was in 1996. Oh, you ran for city council. You just yeah. went for it. That was my first, my first political fray. But what got me was there was I had been point, appointed to the planning commission. Oh, okay. Well, I served on the Civil Service Commission before that and then the Planning Commission. Mm -hmm. So you really learn a lot when you're on commissions mm -hmm. and you see a lot that's going on. And I used to go to the city council meetings and, and, uh, what happened is I had no like desire or spark to run for city council. But what happened was, um, one of the council members resigned. Uh, let's see what happened to him. Which one was that? Uh, he put in a false medical claim against the city, and okay. somebody in personnel caught it. And so, anyway, <laughs> he he had <laughs> to he had to resign. Fucking <laughs> South No, he was no, he was a white guy. Say wait. It's in the water. Remember, I was the first Latina, so this is yeah, yeah. you know. So anyway, he had to resign, and so they they were going through an appointment process, right? And so. My colleagues on the on the planning commission that were you know pretty politically savvy because I was pretty new on the planning commission, they said, "Oh, we're going to apply to you know be on the city council." And I I said, "Huh? Well, I think I'll do that too, right?" But there were like twenty six people that applied. Well, long story short, it was a political process, and uh, when the council was making the decision on who to appoint, it came down between me. And um, this other guy, which happened to be John Mood at the time. Mm -hmm. So what happened is John got appointed. I go, okay, well, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's right. Okay, so then the second time what happened was uh, there was another vacancy, okay, just like like a year after that. And so I go, this time I'm going to apply, and this time I'm re really going to try to do it. You know, I'm going to be political. I'm going to meet with the council members, tell them I want to do this, blah, blah, this and that. I had learned. And so 
same thing happened. It came down to me and this other guy. And the council picked that other guy. Well, one of the reasons that they picked him was they said, okay, well, you know, if we point, appoint you, you can't run for city council. You can't run for election. And I said, well, what's the fun in that? Well, with that, yeah. you know, um, no. So I said, no, I would not do that. So he got, so then, so then I got kind of mad, you know, because I looked at the composition of the, um, the council and I looked at the demographic, demographics of our community. And I said, this is not right, right? So then um, I was encouraged to run by a bunch of my friends, including your mother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Figures. <laughs> your mom played a role. There it is. Oh, she, she played th- she a big role. She She played a big role, believe me, on that campaign. So it was the most fun campaign of my life because it was the one I had to work for the hardest. Mm. And it was the one where I drew in the most volunteers. Mm. And at the, at the time, what was really cool about it is the campaign and the volunteers it wasn't about me it was about changing what our city was and they saw that in me they saw me as a representative to do that right mm-hmm. so it was, a, it was like a like a movement almost hmm sounds like a sounds like a presidential campaign going on right now not me us <laughs> i don't know i don't know i am very undecided Oh, no, we won't go there yet. No. Uh, I'm loving your story. This is awesome. So that was probably the campaign that really did it for you, that really yeah. that charged Sparked you up, it. like, right. I can, I can uh-huh. do this yeah. from here on out. Yeah. And, you know, uh, in all honesty, when I got there, you know, it's one thing to be elected, but it's another thing when you get there. Mm-hmm. And then knowing your role and knowing how to govern and knowing how to work with your colleagues. So all of that was a learning process for me. And it was a very... It was a very good learning process for me, so um, I benefited from that a lot. What motivated you to even become involved in like city council, and, and was there something in younger age or while you were in school and um, college well, that kind of like triggered uh, that? In- well, really, I looked at my uncle. So my uncle A. Y. Casillas ran for school board in 1960, and he became the first Latino elected to the Chula Vista Elementary School District. So he was on the school board and he served only one term. And then my uncle Joe that I was telling you about, Mm -hmm. actually it was, yeah. So then my uncle A.Y. ran for mayor way back in the day too. And he didn't make it. I think that's why he didn't go for a second term on the school board. He didn't make it. So, you know, I saw that they, they were, and they were really involved in the community, volunteering and helping others. That's what I love about my family. But, so I kind of learned about it a little bit from them, but still didn't have that desire. But what really did it is MANA, you know, that mm-hmm. women's organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was an organization that I joined in 1988. And um, at that time, I was a, a, a senior at San Diego State, wow. a 40-year-old senior at San Diego State. Thank you. <laughs> Never too late to go back to school. Yes, please. Anyway, hey, man, so- <laughs> I went at 32. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, that organization's great. Uh, it ha- you know, we established a mentorship program for young ladies. It's really a great organization now. When I joined in 88, we had 22 members. They have over 500 now. Wow, it's insane. We're just yeah. giving out thousands of dollars in scholarships and mentoring all kinds of little girls. But anyway, at that point, one of their, their mission statement was, 
you know, uh, something like, I can't remember it verbatim, but it was, you know, to promote the equality of Latinas in politics, business, the economy, and health. So that was kind of like their mission statement. And so uh, they put on this workshop one time about how, how to run for office, and then they made it a mission to push me forward. You know, so they were the, the chosen one. I, I wasn't that I was chosen. It was just what happened at the time. You know, maybe because I lived in Chula Vista, maybe because there was an opportunity to be on a board, you right. know. So it was more the conditions doable. have to be right. Yeah, it was more doable, yeah. right? Back then, the only the only two Latinas that were elected in San Diego County at the time were Maria Nieto Senor, who is still on the community college board. She is. From way back then. Okay. And then Denise Moreno Duchenne. Yeah. She was also on the college board. Mm. But those were the only two Latinas that were elected to anything. Yep. So going back to your point, Steve, how far we've come in such a short time. In such time. a short time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there were a lot of barriers. There's there's a lot of nuggets as the mayor's throwing our way. You need to be on a planning commission is what she's saying, Steve. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, you have to get involved. You have to get get involved in your city to be legitimate. Mm. I'm legitimate. (laughs) We'll make it happen. (laughs) No, no. But another thing is to get the experience because, you know, um, okay, so now I've been on the city council I was on the city council for a sum total of 10 years, right? Okay. And now I'm going on my my fifth year as mayor or sixth year as mayor, right? So that's 16 years of seeing people come and go on that council, right? And you can really tell the difference between people that have had some kind of experience and, and uh, being on a commission and learning how to navigate that and, and deal with things and know the agenda. And not only that, know the mission and the goals of the city. Because if you just go on there and you haven't had that experience, you are scratching your head and you don't know what to do. And you're making some pretty fucked up decisions. Hey, we're cussing everybody. <laughs> okay. We'll edit that out. <laughs> no. We don't fucking cuss here, bro. <laughs> you don't? Come okay. On, <laughs> Take it out. Take it out. <laughs> Besides, you know, I'm not unfiltered yet. <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned earlier, not yes. fast forward, but you did mention earlier, once you turn out. That's it. Done, done. Yeah. No mas. So people, people say, what are you running for next? And I say, I'm running for the beach. Out of here. <laughs> nice. right? 16 years is something you can definitely hang your well, head on. I mean, you, time, yeah. You know what I mean? That It must well, be draining. It, okay. It, it's more than 16 years. That's just 16 years in the council. Then I did the state assembly. So state assembly. Yeah. So there was that too. So, you know, um, I've enjoyed every minute. Well, no, not really because there have been some rough times. But, you know, when you get through those challenges, it feels so awesome, you know. And challenges are still going to come about. We still have challenges. Big ones. You speak of rough times, and I don't have any stories. I'm really just digging here right now. Uh, is there any politician out there that you, you know, may have had some beef with that you probably needs to set that in the past before you I'm real resign good at from that. politics? No, I'm really good at that. So, you know, uh, there's there's a joke. Well, it's not okay. It's an inside joke. Okay. But I don't carry grudges, and I don't carry resentments because I don't have to. Because you know who that does that for me? Mm. B Fernandez. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> she <mama>. never <laughs> Caesar's mom. She never forgets any insult or any bad time that people have gotten 
given me, and I, I have. And my sister Gloria, too. The two of them, they carry my grudges for me and my resentment. They handle it for you. They And, and you know, life is too short, right? Indeed. Not so I've had some really tough races. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, when you do this, you better be prepared for defeat. And it's never easy to take whether or not you expect, you know, you you never expect it, right? No. Otherwise, otherwise. So, but you know, back in the day, I ran against Steve Padilla for mayor. Yes, okay. in two thousand and two or two thousand two thousand two. Yeah, I ran against Steve for mayor. Okay, and it turned out to be like such a hard campaign and a nasty one. Ooh, tell us yeah. more. So I mean, it was really that the attacks from Steve's consultant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not gonna say steve but <laughs> steve i yeah. mean they were vicious right uh-huh. and they were untrue of course because i'm perfect in every way but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i lost that race i was ahead in the polls but when the attack ad started coming Dwindled. we just we just saw it yeah fall. and so he so he beat me and that was so hard to take because i love steve padilla um but i thought that i would have been a better mayor yeah um, at that time, well, I feel if you're running for mayor, you have to feel that yeah, you're gonna, yeah, yeah, you're the better so, person. So anyway, it was really hard for me to take, and not only that is that after he became mayor, I ser- I continued to serve uh, on the city council with him for an additional two years. Was that hard? It was really hard, but you know the way that you have, I approached it anyway. The way that I approached it is, I have two years left. Okay, I can choose to be passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. I could choose to carry a grudge or I can do the very best job that I can for the city. And when I leave, I can leave with my head up high and with a good sense of accomplishment. So I chose the latter Mm -hmm. and it worked out for me. Because we've seen others choose the former, right? Right. Right. Well, that's the political very, way. I almost feel like that's 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 the what? the blueprint of a politician is, is, to, is to take the former route. The kind of like oh, I'm going to be passive aggressive. I'm going to be by your side. I'm going to be involved. But I'm going any opportunity I get to slide you or jab at you, I'm going to go in on it. Yeah, without you know? without saying any names, there are people that have been on the council with Mary as the mayor, and they've been like undercutting as much yeah, as possible because they felt they would have been a better man they're, but she, they're but, out there but they're she's there. she's gone oh, you're saying she oh <laughs> <laughs> giving us a little taste she's giving us a little taste of the future unfiltered mary salas it's coming so give us a funny story it may not have been funny at that time but apparently there were ads in the imperial valley of you with a tattoo oh Wait. yeah okay that was another tough race okay <laughs> it's another one where I'm glad that Juan Vargas is where he is, and I'm glad where I'm I'm at, right? Uh-huh. Um, and God works works in mysterious ways, and that was the best thing that could have happened for me for a number of reasons. But I ran against Juan Vargas for state senate. I was in the assembly at the time, and and I had all the major endorsements of the progressives. He had all the major endorsements of you know the business establishment, the chamber of commerce, right, right, right. the insurance groups, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But what happened is one time, uh, my ex-husband and I, and I don't carry any resentments against that son of a bitch, but <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Undoubtedly, his children will probably listen to this podcast that's not she, she, there. She throws in the, <laughs> just kidding, at the end, and it makes it all better. <laughs> so, so what happened is my ex-husband and I had gone to a costume party, and at the costume party, 
it was a biker theme. So I got all dressed up in my biker stuff with my vest and everything like that. Like Lance way. Armstrong. Oh, wrong kind no. of biker, wrong kind of biker. <laughs> no, wrong, biker. <laughs> wrong biker, wrong biker. Yeah. So anyway, when we were there, um, they were putting fake tattoos on us, right? And so I had <laughs> some pictures taken with my fake tattoo. And so, but you know what? Okay, it was hilarious because some of those hit pieces that Juan did on me were hilarious. So they showed me with my tattoo like this. And then the fly. For real? <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but then but then they had, it was the funniest thing. Of course, when you're in it, it's not funny. Up wasn't that. But then they had this picture of these cons behind bars, oh, right? Love it. And, and it was something like, oh, I'm so happy because I got a, I got a letter from Mary. And then let's write her back. And, and so it says something like, we love you. The boys. The boys. <laughs> so, so what was this uh, fake tattoo you had on your arm? I think it was a spider or something. Damn it. Yeah, so that's gangster shit. <laughs> as long as it wasn't a spider web on your elbow, that's, that's so a whole thing. So they go out as mailers, where they yeah. like, up on, like up on the wall. No, just it, it was television ad. <laughs> so anyway, so we're out walking precincts one day, or I wasn't with them. It was my daughter Sarah and my granddaughter Marissa, were, and she was about ten years old at the time, and they're out walking precincts, and. Uh, anyway, they knock on a door, and then the lady, the lady Sarah says, "You know, I'm Mary Salas's mom. You know, would you vote for her for Senate?" And the lady says, "Well, why does your why does your mom have tattoos?" <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and, and, so, and that's the role of the media, man. That's how they so. Get- so my my ten year old granddaughter got really indignant, and she says, "My grandma does not have tattoos." That was a fake. <laughs> but, okay, you can look back and laugh. But in that race, 44,000 votes were cast, and I lost by 22 votes. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. 22 votes. So when That's people crazy say... Close. Pe- it's That's crazy close. ridiculously yeah. close. So when, when people say that, that uh, your vote doesn't matter, it does matter. 22 votes. Yeah. Out of 44,000. Yeah. Child. Just think, when John McCann and Steve Padilla ran against each other, John won two by votes. what? Two votes. Yeah. Two votes. Two votes. Every vote counts. Yeah. Every vote counts. Make yeah. sure you vote, Caesar. I have my doubts about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. biggest accomplishment as mayor is it yeah. obviously the development along Third, and then the development that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, at the marina. So much. So much. You know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and and you know, in all fairness, those big projects—they're the culmination of a lot, a lot of, a yeah, lot of work sure. and a lot of years, and a lot of council members and a lot of mayors having their fingers in it. So that I'm mayor at the time where that's being done—that's awesome. You know, I'm just pushing the vision forward. Um, but I really think that you know, Third Avenue is something that happened because of my vision and my pushing it. And my welcoming people, uh, you know, you you young people that have your businesses here. Oh, am I young now? Nice. Yeah, well, I'll take that. It's all relative. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when you're my age, 40s, real young. So, uh, so the thing is um, that what I love about what's happening on Third Avenue is all the all the individual local young people like you that have opened and owned those businesses. 
It's that's what I love about it. That's what I love about the West Side. It's individual entrepreneurship, whereas on the East Side, it's a lot of corporate stuff. It's cookie cutter. It's you know yeah, you can't get in there, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to be the exception, like Eduardo from uh, Nova Brazil, which is another great place. Yep, his new venue is awesome. But um, so I would say that 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 was uh, that was something that the public can say. Well, that was a great accomplishment. But you know, another great accomplishment that may not be popular, but was very very necessary, and that's the two sales tax measures that were passed. And that was something that I personally spearheaded. Measure A and Measure A mm-hmm. and, and P, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and if we wouldn't have that, uh, we would be in a world of hurt, you know, because our infrastructure was decaying. Um, you know, we've we've been able to repair roads, sidewalks, trees. One right in front of our brewery. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, but the street repair. So I forget how many miles of streets that we've done, and we've spent millions of millions of dollars to repave streets, and there were a lot of them were in really bad condition, and we still get calls. When are you going to do my street? Yeah, for sure. My street's a mess. Well, you know where I live, Steve. I do. Okay, I'm in between Church and Del Mar Mm -hmm. on Davidson. That is the worst street in Chula yeah, Vista. Okay. It really is. <laughs> it is so bad. There's so many potholes. It's just crazy. Well, not only that, they've paved everything all around me except my street. <laughs> I go, wait a minute, when's the mayor's turn? So uh, anyhow, but uh, what I kind of like about that is when people call and say, you're forgetting about my street. And then I take a picture of my street and I go, I know how you feel. It, me too. <laughs> It's bad because yeah, it, right down the street, it's it's like it's like landmines. <laughs> you try to drive down the road, and you're like, oh crap! Oh, I had one. I hit over that one. <laughs> but I mean, if that's the worst thing that could happen, heck. Yeah, but anyway, going back to the accomplishment, yeah. you know, I mean, nobody likes taxes, right? Nobody likes new taxes. But had we not uh, passed those sales tax, um, our city would look a lot shabbier, and we wouldn't be hiring the police and the fire like we need. Measure A. We, uh, yeah. yeah, we're big supporters at that yeah. here. You know, I mean, we had Daryl Roberts come through mm-hmm. and all the fire department and right. most of the uh, police department, too. Mm-hmm. I never thought opening a business would be that involved with politics. It was weird. That that was the first taste of like, oh, okay, so mm-hmm. this is what it is to run a small business in a small town. Small town. I use it loosely because, I mean, we're the city. Yeah, 000. I know. It just seems like we're a very tight-knit community here, mm-hmm. at least on the west side. Mm-hmm. And it just seems that everybody knows everybody. I mean, how awesome yet a little weird is that you walk your dog wally and everybody sees oh hey hey mary oh yeah who's that oh that's the mayor <laughs> of chula vista it's like what right here walking down third avenue i'm like yeah she was right around the corner uh-huh. and it, it's just weird like that was one of the realities that quickly came to be like okay this is cool i, I can get down with this you know everybody knows everybody we get the uh, union bosses from the police department from obviously from the fire department and it's like all right cool so now People have meetings here, and like, mm-hmm. is it okay? We're like, yeah, we're not really affiliated in any which way, but mm-hmm. cruise through. Yeah, definitely a perk. I enjoy that. Yeah, it's really fun. So we have some uh, great community places that you know, uh, businesses that that open their doors to community, and that's uh, you know, Mange Italiano over there. Um, they've been great over the years to host you know community events, and then uh, now we have that Art on Third, that little space there that's really a cool gathering spot too. So, and then um, Chula Vista Brewery too. People like to hang out there too. We've created this 
environment on Third Avenue, at least. And it, and it stretches beyond Third Avenue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes on to Broadway, too, because mm-hmm. I have friends that own businesses. I have another one on Broadway. And it's it's a nice network of, you know, friends. Every, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, all the businesses that are owned down here, the majority of them are owned by residents here, local mm-hmm. residents. Tony Razo, Next Door, Barcy mm-hmm. Nombre, myself here at Three Punk Ales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dahlia and Tim over at Chula Vista Brewery, and then the Kendall and Mike on Third Avenue House. So that's what I think is. And then Mario Maruca is going to be opening his pizza place. That's true, pizza and beer down on Third mm-hmm. and F. And then my boy Matt Seaslack on Broadway at the Manhattan. It, it was a nice little group of friends. Now Tom is in the group because yeah. he opened the Bell Boy here, and it's like I just like the way that kind of organically grew. Uh-huh. Like once upon a time, we all talked about making it happen on Third uh-huh. Avenue, and then it slowly like manifested itself, and it's taken some of us longer than the others. But it's just something that I enjoy being a part of, right? You know, and yeah. you say like it takes a group of different people, different role players in the city. Scott Donaghy. Mm-hmm. I mean, without Scott Donaghy there holding our hand through this right. process, it would be almost like non-existent yeah he, he definitely was the mouthpiece and kind yeah. of was like hey steve i know we have a brewery out in east county wouldn't you like to have your brewery here i was like yeah for yeah. sure what do i do yeah and i tease him all the time i said okay you're the beer mayor but never forget that i'm the real mayor <laughs> <laughs> what's next what are the marina's next is there something yeah, that works uh, well, after the, that yeah so the bayfront yeah we'll be breaking da- ground on that probably the end of this year uh-huh. which is really awesome and that's a huge undertaking. That's a $1.5 billion project. It's okay. really going to change uh, Chula Vista, I think, because it'll be, Chula Vista be, will become a destination. And then, um, and then, of course, everything that's going on in the millennia mm-hmm. out there. Oh, my gosh. Have you been out there, Steve? It's, like it's a nice city spot. Yeah, it's, it's a whole crazy. different little yeah. city state out in East Lake. Yeah, you know? it is. And I love that. You know, it's, it's like that's uh, – uh, you know, that's an Otay Ranch area, mm-hmm. but it's its own separate urban area. The density, it's just it's just suited for, you know, the new newer generation. Mm-hmm. And so I just really love what's going on there. Yeah, okay. hopefully hopefully one of these days I can share some good news about the university too, but I can't do that yet. But it's coming. What, what do you mean you can't do that yet? Is it, is it just because it's not I in the works or you can't, can't share the details? You have to kill it. me after? Yeah. yeah. You got an NDA that you signed or something? No, or what? we don't oh. have that. <laughs> oh, actually, we did do an ENA, but that was with the small uh, St. Catharines, which, you know, if they ever get their stuff together, we're going to be okay, really okay. happy about that. So you're saying aside from the St. Sister Mary Elephant University, <laughs> you're saying that you have, maybe you have something else in the works. Not saying. Okay. Not saying. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes not saying is saying yeah. a lot. Mm. There's, there's several... Pockets of people clamoring for a new universe. Well, there's bigger pockets of people clamoring for something else to come to Chula Vista. Um, uh oh. Yeah, I mean, like a stadium, soccer. Soccer oh, is good. You know, soccer's come back awesome. into San Diego with yeah, now. Yeah, we've with, got some good sites. You know, for that. 1904 yeah. FC is in San Diego now. They're professional league. Um, anything yeah. you can share with us as far no, as development? You know, we've we've or, had people come in and talk to us about that. Um, and we do have some ideal sites like mm-hmm. the where the power plant used to be yep. on the bayfront. Yep. That's a great That's place the on the east side. We've mm-hmm. got um, placed by the you know places by the um, OTC. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the training elite center. athlete yeah. training center. Oh, that's right. They went a name change. Yes. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another coup for the city. 
because we own it now. And it used to be owned by the uh, Olympic uh, U.S. Olympic Committee. I know, but who gets to use it? Because more and more people. So I know the school still, district has asked, but well, you have to pay. <laughs> but yeah, they can use it if they pay. What? <laughs> <laughs> pay up, Bubba. <laughs> What do you got to do? What are the rates like over there? But yeah, okay. I'm like, who uses that? <laughs> How about the BMX out there? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. You haven't seen that? And you, you <laughs> I haven't seen it like be used. I you know, <laughs> hey, there's a big BMX tournament or contest going on. No, 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 no. That I mean, kids use kids it. use it out there, man. It's all oh, yeah, yeah, it's a whole facility. Uh huh. Um. So beer obviously was a, a big part of the narrative yes. on transforming the west side of Chula Vista. Mm -hmm. For better or for worse, I see marijuana playing a big role now on the west side of Chula Vista. Well, everything you see that's open right now is illegal. illegal. Correct. Right. Yeah. In and the that future, has been once everything a really big yeah. problem. Yeah. How is it being handled? Well, you know, uh, we've we've implemented um, policies where now we can go after. Uh, the landlords for let, for for um, renting them out mm -hmm. where we couldn't before, but the process to shut them down is takes a long time. Um, what we hope is when we get the the legal ones launched, is that we'll use res revenue from that parts of the revenue for that to to create a prosecution unit, so we can go after the the illegal ones. Um, because you know they're bad operators; they don't care what they do in neighborhoods and all that. But uh, the way that we uh, are going to structure it, the you know the the uh, permit set we're going to be distributing is only two per per district, two retail outlets per district. So that's not a lot. That's not. It's not a lot. But then you're going to have what? Are you going to have delivery or manufacturing? Yeah. So um, you permits too. So yeah. So the way it is is uh, there's actually three permits per district there that are related to delivery and retail. Okay. okay? And you can split that any way you want except you're limited to two dispensaries mm -hmm. so if you have two dispensaries then you can have one, one delivery, delivery. Got it, okay got it. okay but if if it happened you could have three delivery and no dispensaries just over here but taking notes manufacturing <laughs> and manufacturing and um testing there's yes. no limit Ooh, master p style <laughs> i'm with it i'm with it <laughs> So, so wait, how, and then do you know how it works with, we have to kick some money back to the state, obviously, right? Is it just the tax portion of it or? The state uh, has their tax portion and the city has their tax portion. And, and I'm only asking So Caesar, I don't know if you've ever been into a legitimate pot dispensary. Yes. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to I tell still, your mother. I still I don't buy from tell my your weed mother. guy. I just ask him for we like We support a small business. Yeah. No, no, we no, support no. small business. We go to the local guys. <laughs> don't do that, guys. <laughs> don't you do that, guys. You, you don't know what you're getting. Have you heard of people dying? No. <laughs> okay, boomer. Yeah, that was an okay boomer moment. No. 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 Yes. Die from weed? No, no, but the things that they put in it. No. Yeah. But, but, but. Uh, but so. Okay, now you lost. Okay. The Have only reason I asked about the taxes is because at, at some point in time when they pitched this to the state of California, Prop 64, mm -hmm. the big draw for me was obviously uh, some of the money would go to education. Yeah. Correct. And I wondered if that was going to be filtered through the state or if it was going to be filtered through the city. No. The state portion of the tax would be to that, but the city, we keep our own. Yeah, but see, wouldn't it be cutting edge if you did it too? No. Yes, it would. Because we need it for to take care of all the other stuff that comes from having, <laughs> you know, dispensaries. Mm. 
what about after school programs? El vato. Things like, uh, you know, well, Teens Kick Ash, you know, programs yeah. like that. <laughs> well, but it's for marijuana. You know, see, Is there really a program called Teens Kick Ash? Yes, absolutely. Oh, nice. I uh, thought you were clever that you just came with cigarettes and, yeah. and vape, yeah. vaping usage. But, okay, oh. so when you get when you look at your tax thing, when you not that I've been there, but if you look at a receipt from a legitimate place, you'll have mm. a breakdown of state and mm. local tax, right? Yeah. So you render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and mm-hmm. you know what to tell. <laughs> no pun intended. But the see, thing this is it, why I still go to my weed guy. But see, you're you're the um, pro- no Caesar. <laughs> you're part of the problem then, because allegedly they want to No, because what's happening is uh, the state is not collecting the revenue that it needs to because there's still people going to their weed guy. Mm-hmm. Why do why do you need to do that? Is it cheaper or something? No, because I know that if I'm giving it to a weed guy and he has kids, I know I'm putting food on his table i don't know i'm getting his kid those extra resources damn it was that was that but that's true like if i'm because eventually we're gonna have the philip morris yeah exactly i mean i know and you are assuming that i purchase weed which i do not it's often given to me gifted to me This is all theoretical. Right? This is an all theoretical yeah, all theoretical. scenario. But yeah, I mean, I feel like any other small business, if, if, if I have a guy that I go by and I know he has kids, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, this is money he's going to use to put his kids in Little League. This is money he's going to use to buy him shoes or whatever, whatever it would be. If I'm going to a store and I see the receipt that you mentioned and this much is going to Caesar, I'm like, he's already getting this from everywhere else. And then the other's going to, I'm like. But, but look at it this way. You are helping that guy because you're, you're funding schools, mm-hmm. right? You're funding programs by paying those taxes, okay? And this and the state is not getting the taxes that um, I shouldn't even say that because they've got such a big surplus. Mm. Oh, my, oh my goodness. God! Let's not go there. That's I know. not. Yes, I know. Talk about priorities, right? Right. So Boy. where are there the most illegal dispensaries in Chula Vista? In Mike Diaz's district. What? D four. D four. I live in D four. So what does D four include? D4 is from south of L Uh and all the way until you get to like Montgomery. Oh, for sure. It's there. Yeah. By Costco over there off Broadway. Oh, yeah. There's a guy dancing with a little sign on Main Street, twirling the sign around. It says you are here. There's a big green cross on it. (laughs) I've seen that guy. Yeah, they're all over there. So they're risking, obviously, imprisonment or massive fines or slap on the wrist. or huge fines. They're fined daily, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're fine like twelve hundred dollars a day. Yeah, and, and the thing is, space. they don't they don't mind paying those fines no. because no. they figure that it's a part of business. Yeah. So talk about big money. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can hand over those daily fines until they get shut down, then you know they're they're raking in some serious cash. <sighs> We've talked about beer. We've talked about weed. We've talked about weed. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the lineage of. Ms. Mary Salas. Mm-hmm. We talked about segregation in Chula Vista early in its in existence. We haven't talked about retirement. You're you're not looking to mentor any young any young Chula Vistans you that want to come I, up. I I we need to do that mm. because there is a leadership vacuum, and um, you know people are turned turned off by politics, and so uh, good people don't want to put themselves through the hassle of having to raise money. Um, having to deal with the negativity. Um, but, you know, I don't think that there's any higher service that you can do than serve your community as an, uh, as a local elected official. I think the further you get up the chain, 
uh, the more re removed you get from the people you serve. Uh, but when you're there locally and people stop you in the, sh in the grocery store and, you know, they, they see you out and about and, and, um, they get a hold of your personal number, who knows how, but they call you in the middle of the night. No way. That happens. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I got a call on New Year's Day. 948. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, it happens, but, you know, um, what I love about the local level is you actually can see the changes you're making and you can, you can see the good that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I can compare it to the time when I was in the state assembly, which was a great privilege and all of that. And I passed a lot of good bills, but you know, you don't see the fruits of that. You know, you don't see it really implemented, right? Mm -hmm. Right here, you're on the entry level, you're on the ground floor. Yeah. You just see it every day walking mm -hmm. up and down. It's and, you know, uh, go to a city council meeting and see how people come, individual citizens come, and let you know what's on their mind week after week. Is it that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Why do you keep looking at me? I don't know. I feel like you're trying to push me into something. What I'm, not. With you? I'm not. I think Ms. Mary was talking to you. Get involved with your community. Yeah, but, oh, going back to that, we do need to, we need to build a bench. And we need people that uh, that care for their city, that don't just want to run because... It's so crazy. I've had people come in that are in college and universities that are taking political science and they just come in and they say, I want to serve. But, you know, it's like, but you haven't done anything here. What do you know about the city? <laughs> it's like brand new teachers here. coming out of their credential <laughs> program saying, I'm going to change the world. <laughs> yeah. Teach class for a few years and then come back and talk, right? Yeah. Um, um, but there are some um, there's some races going to happen for city council, right? Um, we got D four up. What else we got up? D four and then Steve Padilla is, is okay. up for re-election. Okay. And, and you know, Mary, I feel like politics in the South Bay is like extra nasty. Like there's just a lot of fighting going on. But maybe that's just. <laughs> Do you know what, me. Caesar? It's probably I, everywhere. No, I think it's because you're involved in the clubs too much. Okay. But if you ask regular Joe Blow out there, but. The little club stuff gets so petty. Well, from being part of the Ooh. Joe Blow Club on the outside looking in, uh -huh. it was thick. I remember just kind of catching, just watching certain businesses, like backing certain uh, people that were up for election or just candidates. And it was like, oh, wow. It, it, it got a little nasty. And we were just on the outside looking in. Like, I'm not very political at all. Yeah. But I was just kind of watching things go down, people parking cars in front of opposing businesses <laughs> with signs and who they're backing. And I'm like, ooh, that seems a little weird. But Yeah, that's campaigning. Yeah. That's silliness. That's silliness, right? When you park your car in front of somebody else's. I, I mean, that's being silly. But, you know, um, uh, when it gets down to personal attacks. Well, that's what I, that was next. Oh. I saw, like, even on social media. I mean, on social media, you see people going after other people. I'm like, oh, man, come on. Like, give it a rest. Well, that's you know, what I'm saying. But that's, 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 that's just people on people, right? That's crazy. How about the people on next door? Whoa. The <laughs> next door app or uh, the Eastlake Moms group on, on Facebook. Woo. Extra spicy out there. Damn. <laughs> Things that I do not want to look into. You've never seen the next door app? <laughs> I haven't. No. I don't have it on my phone, but I still get these emails. And so I, I can There's only... some cool stuff. Like somebody lost their dog the other day and, uh -huh. and the dog was found. Success story. <laughs> okay. I'm next door. Yes. <laughs> and then some some person was taking a walk and they found this power tool in the bushes uh -huh. and they they said 
I found this power tool and like four different people say, oh, that belongs to my neighbor. Their house was broken into and da, da, da. so they were reunited. Success story. <laughs> See? They it's were my, reunited with their... vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> Only one beer, folks. <laughs> because people care about this. Where does Mary Salas get her burrito in the South Bay? Oh. I, I know currently you're on this health trip. And, you know. know, new year, new you, <laughs> you know, no carbs, no beer. You're drinking water. Yeah. We get it. Uh-huh. But in the former years. Okay. So, uh, you know, the, so Chula Vista, especially the West Side, has so many great places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't indulge much because I always try to, you know, stay healthy. But when I need comfort food. You know where I go? I go to Don Pedro's and I get their big, their big ass mixed burrito. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> and then I take it home and I cut it in half and I go, I'm only going to eat half. And guess what happens? <laughs> I eat the whole thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I only, I only get that when I'm stressed out and I need comfort food. Well, there it is. Yeah. Uh, so but that's one of your, that's one of your questions you ask everybody. I ask right? everybody. I was like, where do you guys get your burritos? Bay? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's my favorite beef and bean burrito there. Beef and bean. And I, when they go in, they know it's me. They go, and they know how I like it. So I always tell them, make the tortilla mas doradito. All right. So I want my tortilla For the British-speaking crowd, she wants it crispy. Oh, crispy she wants it a little, you know, a little yeah. bit more. I don't like quite pasty tortillas. Yeah, yeah. I like color on them. You look white and pasty there, Caesar. <laughs> I think she was. <laughs> <laughs> she looked right at me and shit. Don't like them. <laughs> well, Miss Mary? Yes? Thank you. It's been great. Thank okay. you for coming Thanks, in. Thanks, neighbor. And out. Yeah, neighbor. Soon okay. it'll just be just neighbor mary yeah and then thanks son of my best friend dia maria thank you so much for <laughs> yeah, your time maria. <laughs> yes <laughs> oh you know what i wanted to ask not even a question just a funny aside a long long time ago you were walking wally in front of our house green and, hair um, or pink hair regular white-haired wally oh, okay tranquilo no, nothing crazy <laughs> my son was in the front yard hi <laughs> dog pooped in the front. Yes. <laughs> and I, didn't, I didn't have a bag. Oh. And my son, he's he's seven. Yeah, he's seven now. He's a little bit of a smart ass. Takes after his mom. And um, he's like, <laughs> he's like, Dad. The lady with the dog didn't pick up the poop. <laughs> and I went outside, and Miss Mary's like, "Oh, hey, it's me." <laughs> no, that was so embarrassing because I always have bags with me, right? But I guess it must have been a <laughs> it must have been a three poop day because I always take at least two poop bags, right? Yeah. But it must have been a three poop day. Three poop days. <laughs> Jesus, I need one of those. She's a mayor of the people. You know, she walks the streets with Wally. She visits the local establishments. She yep. buys her burritos on Third and Davidson. Uh huh. You know, it's a shame she's not up for re-election anymore. Because who knows where the city of ours is going next? I know. I, I we know need you, a good. Who knows where it's going? We need a good mayor. All right. Well, there we are. Okay. Damn, that was kind of a downer at the end, huh? Uh, Who knows where it's going? Oh, I know. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Thank, Thank you, Caesar, you. for como se dice, uh, coordinating or yeah. what is it? Yeah, co-producing. co-producing the uh, Emo Brown podcast. Yeah. Right on. That wasn't so sad. Boom. <laughs>